All right, everybody, it's uh, Scoots here, and this is our ongoing episodically modular series. Um, what's go- Oh, Outer Things. I don't know why my mind blanked on that. Uh, and it's you see, it's episodically modular. It's serial, too, but it's modular. So this is a first. I mean, this is groundbreaking stuff for, for sleep podcasting and all other because I'm not anti-narrative. Uh, you know, there was a big, especially in the 90s, uh, there was this, like, a, and there's always, like, an anti-narrative movement, right? Also, I want to say I'm not anti-anti-narrative. I'm just saying that in this sleep podcast, this sleep podcast is not anti-narrative. And uh, how did I get so mixed up when I'm trying to introduce a fictional story? So... Oh, but so, but oh, the groundbreaking part is that it's episodically modular serialized. So that means you can listen to it in any order, in any sequence, and you'll still get the seriality if you want it. Uh, but like, it's like, I don't want the seriality to be something, well, I've never listened to this before. I don't know if I'll like it, or I don't want to listen to it out of order. Those are all natural concerns. And I think that concern comes from an ant, like a, an uncomfortableness with anti-narrative because you see, well, I don't like, and I said, don't worry, I got you covered. I'm not, I'm not anti, this is an anti-narrative. Uh, so it's a, an ability to listen to the narrative in any order. Because one, uh, Emma Otter is going to come and she's going to catch you up on all the details, but it's also like, um, I don't know, we just, I write the stories in a way that you could listen to them in any order and you'll still, you might even get more out of it. Also, you may be, this is just for people that, uh, you know, your brain bots might say, well, I can't listen to this one. I, I really think you'll get a lot out of listening to this and you don't need to listen to it also. You can. So that's why I put all this work in is because you could listen, but you don't really need to. But I want to let you know that you could listen and not listen. You know, I want to give you permission I'm not trying to circumvent the part of you that says, whoa, 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 I can't listen to episode 11 first. I say, well, you could. Why don't you, why don't you give it a try and see how it goes? Because, you know, like, you can listen to Like, you could listen to it or you could fall asleep during it. Either way, I'm going to be here. I'm just here to help. And I made it special for you, BrainBot. Uh, and I know you're a completist and I know you like to listen to things in the right order. But this one... Like I've said in other beginnings, you could consider episode 11, episode 1, and all the other ones are prequels. And maybe, and they say, well, I don't know about that, because you're, and I say, well, just look at it like a thought experiment or research. Just give it a try. So that's what I want you to know about the episodically modular serialized aspect. Everything else, our host, Emma Otter, she's, this is archived audio I've discovered from the 1990s. Well, I don't know when Emma recorded it, actually. This just took place in the 1990s. That's a good question, huh? Anyway, here's Emma Otter. Hello, everyone. Emma Otter here, and uh, thank you for listening. I'm happy to be in your ears. I'm Emma Otter. I'm telling you a story of uh, some things that took place in our town uh, not that long ago, some odd, odder things. Uh, I'm an otter, though, and I'm talking about O-D-D-E-R things. Because this story, while it involves me, an otter, and my brother Tefe, an otter, there are other uh, forest friends or swamp friends, members of our swamp community and my family, my larger swamp family, 
involved in this story. But I want to also catch you up on everything that's happened. So once upon a time, there was an otter named Emma. She was, uh, she was, uh, she was, she was pretty good, but not, you know, she wasn't perfect. And she had a best friend and also some other very, very, very good friends that she mentions in no particular order of their, but you know, at all. But her and her very, very close friends like to play a game called Bards and Big Bunnies, a role-playing game. You play the dice and you imagine the theater of the mind. And my friends' names were Willow, Vaughn, and Elijah, or LJ. And we were playing one night, and we finished up our game in, uh, at my house, and my friends headed home. But Willow, on her way home, took to a path less taken and at some point, I'll tell you right up front, she crossed over into a world between worlds, kind of, uh, or something. She encountered a, a big bunny, a, a, part bunny, part goose, a goose, goose bunny. And the goose bunny took her to a place beyond the swamp. But, but we didn't know this at the time. So we spent a lot of time looking until we realized, wow, Emma's, uh, we've got to find Emma and uh, uh, get her back from this goose bunny. Now, remember, I always tell you, all will be well. And even when things aren't all well, the Goose Bunny was taking care of Emma in a misguided way, I believe. I truly believe this, even though I don't have all of the facts. The Goose Bunny was in a place that was in between our world and another world, and maybe a portal between those worlds. And I don't know if the Goose Bunny was lonely or, uh, like, was looking for play, play things, but pretended Emma was a baby. But there's something going on where, you know, there's a transference between worlds or universes or planets. I, I don't know the technology. So I don't think the bunny was doing it out of, uh, like, uh, to be not nice. Uh, it was more just, a like, a unintended consequence of the bunny's behavior. Also... This was not a, like a, a bunny with full consciousness. It may have been like a younger bunny that was big. I, I don't know any of those details. But I just want to let you know the circumstances. So we've been looking for Emma. While we were looking for Emma, we met a new friend uh, from a place beyond the swamp. Uh, Billy, a platypus, we found out. Billy's a platypus. She also has powers when she sings or throat sings or bill sings. Uh, she can make things happen, like make things float. She can project herself into these other worlds and see things. She can make you move in slow motion or dance or any of those things. So Billy's been helping us to find Willow, and we've all become pretty good friends. So that's been happening. Meanwhile, my brother Tefe and uh, Willow's sister Dory have also been looking for Willow. And they also have a theory about the big bunny. And they're trying, they, so they've been trying to help get Willow. And Willow's mom, Frances, and our community resource, community resource officer of our town, Leon, the bullfrog, bull have also been trying to help Willow. And we all got together, and we found out that Willow is in, like, a place beyond the swamp. It's both our world and another world. 
and she's there. Uh, we also learned that uh, Dari's friend Babs, who also had encountered this big bunny. Now, unfortunately, Babs, like the unintended consequences for Willow, it's more of like, well, this could happen. What happened to Babs? It was just, Babs seems like she's fully in the other world, at least physically. Or she could still see through the eyes. She became a doll in our world, basically, a, a, play, a plastic doll. Or I don't know what the doll was made of, but we'll just say that. So physically, she's in another world or another universe or maybe another planet. I don't know, but not here where she could come back. Uh, she can see, We could see her through the eyes of the doll, or Billy could. So we say, well, if we don't find Willow, that, that's probably what's going to happen to Willow. Then she'll be stuck in this other world like Babs is, which is fine. Uh, I just want to tell you, we, we kind of got the feeling from Babs, it's fine, that other world, but then she doesn't have the ability to just come here, so she might miss her friends and stuff. And, of course, all this is a lot of times ego-driven. We don't want to be without Willow, of course, uh, in our lives. Um, kind of Dari, Dari and Babs had a falling out, so, I mean, I think Dari's probably broken up about it, but she's not like, it's not like her sister or her best, best friend. I think, well... I don't know. I can't speak for her. But you know what I mean? You want someone back in your life. And so we're all at our high high school, the high school gym where we had built a fort uh, to use. That way, uh, Billy could try to communicate and, and find all this information. And that's kind of where we start tonight is that uh, we took a nap together. And we've woken up after we rested. Maybe we even rested for the whole day or night. I don't know. It's, it still feels like it's dark outside because it is. And at first what happened was that Leon tried to sneak out. We were all sleeping in this fort like a tent uh, or like a lodge. And Leon the Bullfrog tried to leave. And then Francis got up and followed Leon and Leon said, well, Francis, I want you to keep an eye on the the kids. And uh, she said, where are you going? And he said, you know where I'm uh, you, you kind of got a general idea where I'm going. I'm going to the place beyond the swamp uh, to find my way in and get Willow. And Francis said, Bull, Willow's my daughter. And Fran uh, Leon said, uh, well, this is like uh, my job as community resource officer. I'm an authority figure, and you're just a mom. And Francis said, I'm sorry, excuse me? Like, uh, excuse me? Really? Excuse me? I'm coming with you. Let's. I don't, I'm not even going to dignify that with any more than multiple excuse me's and the way I'm looking at you. So let's go get my daughter. So they headed off, and then Dari woke up, and Dari was, had been dreaming about her friend Babs. So, so she went off because she was having strong feelings, and she went to feel her feelings and let them really come up, her strong feelings about missing Babs, about Babs not, now being definitely not a part of her life, and that uh, why did that happen to Babs? All those things, and she was really uh, the, had the ability to just let her feelings come up and feel them, and be overpowered for a time by them. At some point, then Tefe woke up, uh, 
And Tefe headed out because Tefe could hear the tail end of Dari's uh, strong feelings, sniffling. Maybe Tefe, I would, I would guess that Tefe was even waiting for the tail end because it might have been too much for someone like Tefe. But that's just me. He's my brother. I'm judgmental. But so then uh, Dari went out to Tefe, or Tefe went out to Dari and said she's sorry about Babs and... Uh, Dari said, well, I guess I'll never see her again. And Tefe, Tefe said, yeah, that's yeah, like, uh, still can't believe it, huh? But you sound like you, you've gone on to another stage of acceptance or something. And Dari said, well, at least you'll never kiss her again, I, I guess. Uh, and Tefe said, yeah, I guess so. So I guess we'll just keep an eye on these kids. Where did the adults go? And Dari said, I think you could figure out where they went. They went to get Willow in the place beyond the swamp, uh, which is a visitor center and a bog walk, but also a secret government facility with uh, more than likely a portal to another world. And uh, Tefe said, yeah, you're right. Uh, that's probably where they went. And Dari said, and we'll need to uh, do something and Tiff said, well, if the, the, it sounds like they got it handled. And she said, the going in, getting Willow part, but the big bunny, the carrots, we collected everything. Uh, we need to lure the big bunny away from the place behind the swamp. Uh, and uh, we have to be AIT. To, to, like, we have to lead the goose, goose bunny on a wild goose chase at least for a period of time, and maybe keep it as a pet uh, or, you know, for the property, like, uh, so it could be observed uh, so that they can get... And Tuffy said, okay, I think I understand. We all, we were we had a plan going. And Dari said, well, it's time to put our plan in action. And Tuffy said, okay, you're right. So they headed off, and then we started to wake up, and we wondered where they were. We said, all the adults are gone, and even the teens are gone, so it's just the four of us on our own. We should just probably wait here and hang out, uh, lay low, until they come back. Now, meanwhile, I was kind of lying there wondering what, uh, like, uh, Francis and uh, Leon were doing. If I, you know, I tried to imagine where they were if they had discovered Willow. But now, you know, I kind of know. So I get to tell you that they headed out and they drove and then they snuck uh, across the road that separates our place from the swamp, um... And they tried to quietly get on the bog walk, and they were going to sneak into the visitor center and head down to the facility. But as they snuck on the bog walk, they took a few steps, and all of a sudden, and you see this in movies, you always wonder, where does this really happen? But all of a sudden, like the bog walk, which is like a wooden walk on a bog, not that we would use it. This was a place beyond the swamp we didn't really go some people would say it was remnants from when humans roamed the earth. But we all know that's just fiction. So probably just something that people we built and forgot about, even though it's not the size was different and the visitor center was different. But anyways, so they were walking on the bog walk uh, 
and all of a sudden they felt things moving, and then they the the bog walk uh, dropped down and became like the wooden part dropped down, and they found themselves on a bouncy house slide, a really long one though, and uh, they slid down this bouncy house slide, and it wrapped around probably. I said, well, if that was on the bog walk and we knew about it, we'd use that all the time. But then for them, the bouncy house slide circled down and down and down and eventually ended in like a bouncy house room where they were came out. But then they like a, like a bull, they actually had it like a design so the bull bounced and, and slid down another slide, but then a, something caught Francis. And Francis, there was like an exit, like there is on most bouncy houses. She still had her, her shoes on, but she slid out of the bouncy house and then was in this kind of stark room. And she kind of looked where Bull went, but it wasn't, she couldn't get through there. And she walked in towards the door. The room had a door and the door was closed, but she walked up to the knob, put her hand on the knob and twisted it and opened it. And she opened the door, and sitting in a room with a two-way mirror was Dr. Max Modine with a lab coat and everything, and even a thing that said Dr. Max uh, name, ta- name tag, or maybe it was stitched into the pocket of his lab coat, and said, hey, sit down, Francis, uh, let's talk. And Frances closed the door behind her because she she has great manners, and she saw that there was another door. And she sat down across from Dr. Max Modine, maximum, but uh, it said Dr. Max. And uh, she said, yeah, let's talk, uh, go ahead. And Dr. Max said, uh, we, we need your help, uh, like... Uh, we need to know where that platypus is because uh, we need the platypus to deal with the bunny. Uh, and also we need the platypus back. Uh, and uh, Francis said, Billy. And Dr. Max gulped and said, yeah, Billy. And he said, Billy belongs here. And also, we, we, you know, we, we'll put a stop to the bunny. It was an accident, and uh, we didn't know what happened. And uh, sorry about Willow, but uh, um, if you have any information, like on anything strange happening or odd, uh, we, like any more like we, to fill us in, because we're we're also we, even though we act like we have all the knowledge, we don't. We've been listening into most of your stuff, but not everything. But you know, we want to do what's right. Uh, and then Francis started to laugh, uh, laugh only a knowing, but strong, strong in her outraged mother could laugh a laugh that wasn't ironic or sarcastic. Uh, but that was uh, full of knowledge, uh, ridiculous adult behavior. And she said, listen, Dr. Max, uh, I know Billy. She's my friend. I care about her. And I know who you are. 
And, and not she goes, right, we went to the library one. But I've looked into Billy's eyes, uh, and, uh, n- n- no, uh, I'm not going to help you find Billy. And I, also I demand to, to, to see Willow and, and, uh, and then she, and I would say that this was probably a strategy, though if you watched it, you were just observing it, or you were Dr. Max, you would have thought, huh, this is strange, odd, over-the-top of behavior. But I think it was strategic that then Francis just started laughing and didn't stop. And she was laughing in a way that was aggressive and intimidating, and Dr. Max just couldn't handle it and had to leave the room because Dr. Max's fancy words and stuff uh, were like just turned to a puddle of nothing in the face of a mother's laughter, aggressive laughter. There's nothing passive about it. Now, meanwhile, Bull had gone down into another room and was in this room with a bunch of these weasels uh, that worked for Dr. Max. And they had uh, Bull laying on a tanning bed, uh, which I guess is something that simulates sunlight. They knew what it was, and they explained it. They said, this simulates a sunlight frog, and we're going to turn it on. And... uh, you know, you you're like, don't you breathe through your skin? And, and uh, you know, don't you need to have a certain wetness? Uh, well, I guess we'll, they were making jokes, so I guess we'll find out. Uh, or you could just tell us where that kid is, uh, the duck-billed beaver. Uh, and Bull said, well, you know what really, you know, the most sensitive part of me is my tongue. Uh, why don't you, like... Uh, like, uh, like, uh, and they said, what? Uh, and Bull said, watch, like, if you put my tongue in there, I'll tell you everything I know. And they, they, they these were weasels. They weren't exactly, you know, known for being quick, no offense to smart weasels. These weasels were more higher, you know, weasels for hire. And they said, what? And then Bull stuck Bull's tongue Now, the tanning bed has two, so it gives you sunlight on both sides of your body. I don't know who would need this again. Maybe, but it it was working. But Bull took Bull's tongue and wrapped it around uh, and then closed the tanning bed and said, go ahead, turn it on. Uh, And then Bull turned it on, and and, uh, Bull's face started to say, but Bull was talking, like, with his tongue out. Like, I won't tell anybody anything unless, like, I'm going to dry my tongue out unless you let me talk to your boss. Uh, and I uh, won't be able to tell your boss anything with a dried-out tongue. So it's your choice, uh, which kind of confuses me, but confuses the weasels as well. Because, like, Bull wouldn't be able to talk to their boss if he had a dried-out tongue, which is what he wanted to do. But, again, this was, like, a heightened moment, uh, and the tanning bed was making this like, uh, like humming sound, and Bull's face was sweating because his tongue was being was he had it on low because they had planned on you know like slowly heightening you know getting Bull to talk, and he said just let me talk to your boss, Doctor Max. So eventually they relented, and then Bull went into the room or another room where Doctor Max was sitting. 
And Bull sat down across from Dr. Max, and Bull said, uh, Hi, Dr. Max, uh, good to see you again. And Dr. Max said, Well, I want to talk to you about uh, the situation and, uh, like, uh, Willow and, uh, you know, doing what's right and uh, helping us find Billy. Because that's like the only thing that's going to stop any of this. And I know you're, you, aren't you the community, or aren't you the resource officer of the whole community? Because until we get Billy back here to deal with the bunny, you're, you know, in both said, interesting, interesting. Uh, I guess something else I wanted to talk to you about, uh, Dr. Max, if you don't mind. And uh, Dr. Max kind of said, well, okay. And uh, Bull said, you remember that movie, uh, The Fox and the Frog? It was my favorite movie as a kid. It was the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater. And Dr. Max said, yeah, yeah, they were best friends, The Fox and the Frog, uh, Friends Forever. Wasn't that the subtitle of the movie? And uh, Bull said, Bull went croak, ribbit or something. And he said, yeah, until the fox grew up, right, uh, and then Max kind of nodded and said, yeah, and then that fox fell in with that group of foxes uh, who said, uh, this is a natural order of things, the circle of life. Uh, what do you, you can't be friends with a frog. Like, uh, don't you understand? Uh, like, this is how foxes are. When we, we, we Foxes run free or foxes run wild. Uh, and Dr. Max said, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. Not your favorite movie, huh? And Bull said, yeah, it wasn't until the very end. Uh, and uh, there was a, a thing like where the fox was chasing the frog right at the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie. And it was going, like the fox had bought into the, the other fo- the fox, that fox mentality and they chase a frog up that, st- they, they lived in that like world on the edge of that steampunk world. I think it was trying to introduce another movie or something. And they went up that water wheel and, uh, the, the fox, uh, the frog got away, but the fox ended up going in, in the water wheel, built up a charge that gave the fox a little, uh, S-H-O-C-K, shocky poo. And then the fox needed the frog, right? Because uh, it was an accident. The frog didn't mean for it to happen. And that's when the fox realized the error of the fox's ways, right? Yeah, yeah, Leon, that's a very nice parable. So in this one, aren't you here, the frog, to save Willow in your town? Isn't that why we're here anyway? Listen, Fox, I know you want the platypus, uh, and you're wondering, you, you don't know where the platypus is, uh, so let's talk uh, deals. Well, that's strange, Leon, because it's out of character for you. You're just going to make a deal with me? Uh, I mean, I get it, uh, you want to save the kid, but, uh, I, I, I don't know, something... You know, I'm not, I'm not the first, this isn't my first foxing, you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't make any sense to me. So why should I trust you? Well, 
Doctor Max. Let me, uh, let me, let me. Like uh, it should be, it should be obvious. But let me uh, lay it out for you if I need to. Uh, I got another parable for you because I don't know if you knew that there was a second Fox in the Frog movie. It went straight to video, though it didn't make it in the theaters. It wasn't even popular. And it wasn't good, they said. It was called Fox and the Frog, Froggy in the City. You see, the actor that played the fox uh, had asked for too much money uh, and uh, for a direct-to-video sequel. Uh, They had become really famous in the time since the first release. And they were only contractually obligated to say ten words for the sequel. So... Uh, the fox wasn't really in the second movie. It was just a frog moving to the big city. And the frog has grown grown up and had been living next door to the fox the whole time. They were best friends. They ran a shop together. Whole nine yards. All, all perfect happiness. Uh, living together. Living in community. They both had families. Uh, but the frog had this crazy idea to move to the city and become a singer at the clubs, a lounge singer in the big, 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 old, old, big, old, old city. You know, the big, the, the, the town's so old and nice, they say old twice or thrice. Old, old, old city. A big, old, old city. I don't know. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. Now, I have a theory about the movie and the frog, is that the frog uh, had had so much action in that first movie and that thing with the wheel and all of that, uh, that deep down the frog could never get back to that chase on the water wheel and uh, rescuing the fox, that it was too thrilling. And the fox had spent its whole life uh, trying to track that thrill down or waiting till it could get a thrill like that back. Like uh, heroism and uh, instant payoff, gratification. And maybe he just didn't feel comfortable in his own skin. I don't know. But, uh, and of course, you know, the movie shows that the frog was wrong. But the frog headed off to the big city. Fox told him not to go. He ignored the fox. Be reasonable, brought his family there. But when he got there, all he cared about was his dream. Not about his friend the fox, and not about his family. It was just his dream. Uh, and he wasn't a teachable person, this fox, you know. It was all his ego and his stuff in this movie. No wonder it wasn't popular, huh? Who would want to watch a movie about this? The frog didn't have, like, a quiet place in him where, you know... Ideas and love and comfort could take hold. And uh, the frog had a lot of bad habits uh, to tune out from all, you know, cognitive dissonance and numbness and that whole thing. But the frog kept telling himself, everything's going to be okay. Once I become a big star, everything's going to be okay. But it ended up between his bad behavior and his inability to be taught or to take any constructive help. Uh, things didn't go well, and he ended up getting banned from every club in town. His family had, a, had enough. 
he, and he sunk so low that one time, you know, he went out for a walk and he just kept walking till he found himself in the desert. Uh, and the sun was just shining down and the frog just kept walking. I see you're interrupting me. What's your question, Dr. Max? The desert? What do you mean the desert? Uh, yeah, the desert. And the fox came and got him. Now, the fox didn't speak. That was like part of the brilliance of uh, the movie, in my opinion, was uh, they could have the fox appear there and go get its buddy uh, from the desert and bring him back and nurse him back to health. Brought him back to the swamp, of course. Slowly helped him recover, taught him some new habits, and, uh, like, didn't realize how far gone his buddy had been. Okay, well, what did, Liam, what does this have to do with anything? Well, here I am, Dr. Max, and I'm asking myself, am I the frog or the fox in this situation? You know what I'm saying? Winkety-wink. And and this is Emma here because I don't when sometimes adults do that winkety wink thing and I don't know what it means. Uh, and in this situation, I don't know what it meant. Uh, even when I heard Leon recount it to me, just like you did. What is winkety? Who is Leon the frog or the fox? I don't know. So I don't know. I mean, I would hope that. Uh, the winkety-wink was a double winkety-wink, meaning he was trying to trick Dr. Max. Uh, but it could have been, because, you know, it's hard to understand. It was a winkety-wink that he, he's uh, willing, he's balancing Willow and Billy. I don't know. But I think the winkety-wink was like uh, that he was confident that he could be the fox and the frog in this situation or the, uh, the you know, the, I think. So we'll get back to them. But then we also have Darian Francis. Uh, and so kind of let me get you ready for this. Uh, like uh, they had gotten their, they had, you know, we're going to catch up with them in kind of in the middle of something. But they had kind of gathered all, everything else they needed, all the carrots. So they'd gone to Francis's house. They had made steps. Now, the mascot at a nearby high school, I don't know when they acquired these, but it's, uh, it's the Collingstown Carrots. Uh, is one of our nearby rival schools in Collingstown. And so when you picture this, picture Dari and Tefe, and especially Tefe, smoothest outer in town, and they're in the the living room of Francis's house, dressed as carrots uh, in carrot mascot outfits. And they're also kind of covering themselves with uh, little peanut butter uh, and carrot shavings. They say, no, they're going back. No, no, Tefe, you need to put your carrot shavings on the inside and the outside. But what, even in my fur... Yes, in your fur tafe. It has to be everywhere. Uh, in fact, you look like a cuter carrot with carrot shavings in your fur. Oh, thanks. That's really important to me, Dari. So, okay, so let's go over the plan again. Okay, so the bunny's going to come in, right? It'll smell us. Eventually, it's, gonna, it's not going to be long now. And then it'll see us, uh... 
and there's a pile of carrot shavings at our feet. So as soon as we see the bunny, we're going to run down the hall and we're going to dance. Uh, and then the bunny should eat these carrots shavings, then look up at us and see us dancing and smell us and uh, be like, I hit the jackpot. There's dancing, shedding carrots or something. But what the bunny won't realize is that we had pushed the bowling ball that'll knock that egg over. Then the egg will start frying. Then the steam from the frying egg will melt that butter, which will slide down there. Okay, yeah, I know there's a lot of steps in there. Okay, yeah, I'll skip ahead. Eventually... It'll turn on Adi Ruxpin in the hall, like at the back door. Yeah, and you, so you recorded the beginning of that Adi. Wait a second, Tefe, I don't mean to change the subject. So this Adi Ruxpin, so it's a an otter doll, like an animatronic one, but it's still like a, a, a plush doll. Like it was in your room, it was in your bed when we got it. So did you still sleep with this Adi Ruxpin? Um, cause it had, it also had fresh batteries and I noticed you didn't have to change the fresh batteries and you said, don't worry. I know exactly how, not like, Oh, I remember from when I was a kid, how to record on this thing. And you said that it has a lullaby made to put anybody to sleep. Um, like it, which is just ironic that it's uh willow talking about all of the rules. So you fall asleep, uh, to Willow and Emma, like going over rules. What is that called? Initiative? Like, uh, but you sleep. So you sleep with Adi Ruxpin every night. Listen, Dari, that's a doll from when I was a child, long, 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 long time ago. I keep it in my room. It reminds me of when I was young, and I was a kid, and. Uh, yeah, sometimes I'll turn it on for the sleep. Yeah, it's like a, something to sleep to. Those two were talking about initiative. Uh, but yeah, what I'm going to do is like uh, re- I recorded at the beginning, carrots, carrots, lots of free carrots over here. So that will cause the bunny to turn the bunny's head. Then I started pretending I was doing some baby talk. Baby wants some carrots. That uh, That'll be when the machine... Uh, starts to reel in Adi Ruxpin out the door, right? Will While it does that, the bunny, the big bunny should at least have its eyes that are gone for a second. We'll sneak out the window and go around the back door. And that rope will pull Adi Ruxpin out the back door, hopefully leading the bunny along because we stuffed it, it full of carrots and uh, stuff. And those are the top tier carrots that we put with Adi Ruxpin. And it'll eventually drag Adi Ruxpin into the giant Class A carrot pile we have with the cargo net underneath it. We'll be dancing on the other side of the cargo net. The bunny will come out. Adi Ruxpin will be singing, starting the, at that point, the bedtime, like talking of our, our sisters. And then 
the net will lift up and the carrot, then more carrots shavings. We have those buckets full of it with like a peanut butter will rain down on the bunny and the bunny should be caught, but it will be covered in carrot confetti, which should calm, like it'll have, I think it'll calm it because it'll be, it'll be like, uh, it'll be listening to the bedtime story or whatever, and uh, it'll be covered in carrot shreds. So it's, first it should be confused. This is your theory. Yeah, it should be confused. You're right, next FA. And, I mean, we're just guessing here, but I think it will calm it down, and there'll be plenty to, for it to eat, uh, and it'll be in that net. What, what, what the heck is uh, Tefe? Uh, what, what, Dari, what is it? Your Adi Ruxpin just walked into the room. Uh, what the hell? Oh, Adi Ruxpin? Wait a second, Adi Ruxpin, what are you... Hello, Tefe. Oh, hello, Dari. It's me. Uh, Addy Ruxpin, we're kind of like, Dari, I think I might, this must be a dream or something, right? This isn't real. No, it's real, Tefe. Addy, this isn't really a good time right now. Um, uh, also, don't tell Dari anything I told you about her. Because you promised to keep my secrets, right, Addy? So please just, when did you learn to walk around anyway? Oh, Tefe, how do you really feel about Dari? Tell me more. Uh, Addy, what's going on with you? Yeah, what's going on with your eyes, Addy Ruxpin? Wait a second. I can see Babs and Addy. Babs, is that you? Dari, it, it is me. Thank you. I'm not Adi Ruxpin, Tefe. It's me, Babs. I'm drifting. I was drifting around the other world, and I knew you could use some help. I saw the two of you discussing your plans, and I found my way into Adi Ruxpin to, 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 to try. Also, I think the two of you should talk out your feelings for one another, uh, because now I'm gone. I mean, I can be here as Adi Ruxpin, but not as Babs. Okay, that's not a good... We don't need to talk about that. Uh, yeah, Babs, we don't need to talk about that. It's just really not a good... We we had a plan, uh, Babs, thank you. Oh, my gosh, the earth is shaking. The bunny is coming. Excuse me, Tari and Defe, or Dari and Tefe. If you were a couple, I'd call you D- Tarfe. Uh why are you dressed as carrots anyway? I didn't. I don't remember that part of the plan. You look great. Okay, can you, do, do, uh, Babs? If you really want to help, you could just go lay back down right now, uh, because the wall is bending inwards. Uh, Tefe, that's where the bunny's going to come through. Yep, yeah, but, 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 but that's the wall that has the ball. Oh, it just came through the wall and knocked a bowling ball, so the machine's not going to work. Uh, and it's a giant. Goose bunny staring at us, and I just realized we're giant carrots. Oh, dear. Babs, you better get out of here because uh, we're going to have to. Um, okay, Tefe, let's just run down the hall. Babs, what are you singing about? Okay, like if we run or run, we'll just keep going. Babs, just stay right there because you are confusing the bunny with your singing. Okay, Tefe, let's just go run back outside. 
Okay, if we, if, if we run, we'll just, okay, let's, yeah, oh, good job running. Now we'll go out this window. I think the bunny was still, okay, so let's just get behind the net, just like our plan. So I don't know where Babs went. Uh, okay, the bunny is, bunny sees us, it's coming out the back door. We didn't need, I guess we didn't need the Audi Ruxpin. And uh, this is really, uh, like, uh, this is good. We just got just a few more steps. Keep dancing, Tefe. Yep, do a carrot, dance like a carrot in the rain or something. Uh, I don't know where Babs went or Adi. We're tasty carrots. Oh, boy, come and, come and eat us. We're, sorry, I'm really worried. Uh, I don't want, well, it's going to go to the cargo net. It's, it's slowly coming. It's just eating the carrot shreds on the way. It's working. Just keep dancing. Yep, here we are, right on the other side of this pile of carrots. It's two giant carrots. Uh, okay, but, uh, like, uh, okay, just focus on being a carrot. I'm a little carrot, orange and long. This is a carrot singing a carrot song. Oh, what was that? Was that someone that just said B-O-O behind us and made us jump into the cargo net which is pulling us up uh Tefe, did you yeah that was adi ruxpin just said boo boo behind us and we jumped into the car- cargo net and now it's bringing us up uh and the bunny's coming it's right below us we're just out of reach of it ba- babs why did you do that uh and the bunny is trying to get us uh Okay, well, at least we're out of reach of the bunny right now because the bowling ball didn't go. It didn't release the carrot shreds and peanut butter buckets. Okay, Dari, I don't even know what that means. If we can swing the cargo net a little, we could swing it out of the way, and I can pull the rope and dump the peanut butter and carrot shreds on the bunny. Well, why is that important right now? Shouldn't we try to be because the bunny can? The bunny just hasn't realized it can jump yet for some reason. Oh, I forgot bunnies can jump. Uh, okay, so just keep swinging. We're doing good. Push your foot out and see if you can push it against that tree. Okay, great. One more swing. And I'm pulling the rope, and the big bunny is being covered in carrot shreds and peanut butter. Really good that you did a three-to-one watering down of the peanut butter, Babs, because it wouldn't have poured. Sorry, Dari, I didn't mean to. Don't worry about it, Tefe, but it's not. It's not, oh, wait a second, there's a, so the bunny is, uh, bunny seems to be, I guess our theory was wrong, the bunny seems to be more upset because the goose things are, uh, eating the carrots off of itself, and it, I don't think the bunny likes how that feels, and it looks like, uh, but there's, look, there's Adi Ruxpin with a, uh, a wagon full of, uh, carrots, and it's waving to the bunny. And it's letting the bunny chase it off. Uh, yeah. So Babs, where do you think they're going? Well, I don't know, but the bun- Babs behind your garage, but it looks like Babs kept going. I didn't realize Adi Ruxpin could run that fast. Yeah, the bunny's, well, the bunny's kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, okay, so what should we do? Well, we should try to get out of the net and follow the... um. 
follow them. But at first, I think we should rest because I'm just this swinging is so gentle and calming back and forth. Back and forth, it's so relaxing that I feel like uh, I'm also drifting off into a, a sweet sleep. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so am I. So maybe we should just rest for now, and then we'll find out what else is going on out here in the world of odder things. Good night.